let you know that we had our first flub of our podcast making process, which means that for the first portion of this podcast, unfortunately, Cliff's audio is not as strong as it should have been. We corrected the issue partway through our recording, and rather than go back and try to recreate the great conversation that we already had, we worked some audio magic and made Cliff's audio the best that it could possibly be. So for the first part of the episode, you might be a little disappointed, might be a little bit harder to hear Cliff, but uh, stick with us. The audio gets better about halfway through because we fixed the issue and uh, we appreciate everybody sticking with us as we work through these issues, as we grow and learn on how to make a podcast. Without further ado, here is the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brick by Brick. I am your host, Emily Verbecki, and today we're back again recording from Pure Albion. So like before, if you hear some jingling or conversation in the background, it's just the sounds of business um, and activity happening in Albion, which is great uh, to hear. Today, I have Dr. Cliff Harris, um, an Albion College Chemistry Department professor with us and also a community organizer of many different activities, music events in and around Albion, and he's been uh, nice enough to come and join us. So Cliff, many people may see you in and around Albion doing, working your tail off and doing all kinds of things, but tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. how you came to Albion? What, what's the start of your Albion story? Right. So I came to Albion uh, back in the dark ages, back in 1997, in the last millennium. Whoa. Yes, that's right. Uh, to be a chemistry professor because I'm passionate about that. I love teaching, and, and Albion is a, uh, such a great teaching school. Uh, and at that time, the chemistry department was investing uh, more deeply in professors who were interested in undergraduate research as a type of teaching, which was, uh, which was definitely what I was interested in doing. And so I built my whole career here on that and, and uh, have enjoyed it. I managed to get tenure and, and uh, have mentored something like 100 students in the, in the research lab. So yeah, it's been great. Uh, on top of that, fell in love with this little community and, uh, and met my soulmate. So, you know, all worked out pretty well. Yeah. Now, did you meet your soulmate while you were here in Albion or prior to? Okay. Yes. Dr. Erlinson is the chair of the communication <laughs> studies department, but the two of us were just relatively young new faculty when we first met. So Wonderful. So outside of your chemistry and professor roles um, and the research that you're supporting students doing, what other activities, projects are you involved in um, around Albion and even even, even outside of Albion that people may not know about? Right. So uh, I'm the only scientist uh, in my family with one exception. My, my cousin and I both became organic chemists. And we both are obsessed with music. Uh, she's actually made, uh, produced a couple of CDs, and actually, she's in Nashville right now, um, doing that kind of stuff. So the two of us are the are the people that are scientists. But everybody in my family is a musician. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, back for generations, my Swedish grandmother uh, could uh, actually. I apologize, Momo. She was Danish. Uh, <laughs> she could play anything. She could pick up any wind instrument, any stringed instrument, uh, percussion. She could do it all. Uh, and that uh, gene comes from way back before her and has been passed down to all of us. So she had six kids and there's 20-some cousins and and, uh, we're all involved in music one way or another. And there are many 
many of us have bands. My niece has been voted the singer-songwriter of the year for three years straight in oh, wow. Sacramento. My cousin is in Nashville right now. Uh, my uncle had a cool band in the 80s called The Secrets. Hmm. <clears throat> so uh, my other cousin has a mm, kind of a, almost like a punk reggae band in uh, Santa Cruz, California. So yeah, uh, it's, it, the music is the family obsession for sure. Gotcha. So, so you're, what instruments do you play? I don't actually know right, specifically. Yeah. So I, I play bass guitar. Okay. So um, that's your primary interest yeah. instrument? Uh, and, and singing. Those are my, those are my two loves. So is that where the idea from, for Blues at the Bohm came from? Is, is that music background? Did you see that somewhere else or did it come from you in conversation um, with other musicians? Where did that come about? Yeah, so Blues at the Bohm came about because uh, I was in a blues band mm -hmm. and I was frustrated that there wasn't enough other live music going on in town. And I I said, well, uh, so when I went to the opening of the Boom Theater in January 2015, I think is when that was, I uh, was amazed and impressed by the, by the sound quality. There was a, a violinist playing on the stage with little or no amplification, and it just sounded <laughs> great. Uh, and I told Karen, uh, uh, Dr. since she's sometimes called, <laughs> that uh, I said, wow, this is really good. We should uh, make use of this great sound environment and, and get some musicians in here to jam. And then I discovered that, you know, it costs money to open the doors and turn the lights and have people there. Mm -hmm. so then uh, we were at... Uh, my mother-in-law's house. Now it turns out that's Mary Slater, and she was instrumental in in uh, motivating a group of people to raise the money and do the work to get the bone revitalized. Mm -hmm. So Mary, I was now I'm sitting down with Mary Slater, one of the smartest people in town, Karen Wilson, one of the smartest people in town, and me, and uh, and we were brainstorming about this idea, and and so from there it grew from just getting some friends together to jam to finding an audience who would enjoy watching them jam. And then uh, as soon as that idea came about, uh, and Karen mixed it in with the idea of having food there, which is still a thing. You can eat dinner in the Bohm Theater while watching the Blues Jam. Oh, okay. Uh, and then we picked uh, the first Monday of the month, and, and the rest is history. I had, to, I had to bring in some excerpts who actually knew what a Blues Jam was <laughs> and who knew how to run it. So I brought in Coach Ronnie Parker, a friend of mine who was kind enough to mentor me through that process. And Kelly Kidder, uh, who uh, runs the sound and also was a very valuable mentor to me through that. And then the first day of Blues at the Bone was in March 2015, and that was... Nancy Doyle's first day as executive director at the Bomb Theater. What a first day for her then. Yeah, uh, so we've been fast friends ever since then. She taught me all the aspects uh, outside, the concept of the front of the house and the back of the house and all this kind of stuff. Uh, we picked the price point together. We picked the frequencies together. We figured out how to advertise it. Whereas Kelly and Coach and I uh, ended up working on the, the musical details together and how to organize and how to attract people to it. And of course, if you know Kelly and you know Coach, then you know every musician within 200 miles. <laughs> uh, it's a small, yeah. close-knit yeah. group. The musicians, they all know each other because they all end up working together, right? Right, right. And Nancy was the first one to uh, inform me that the work I was doing was called producing. 
I didn't know that I was a producer until Nancy told me that. Nice. Yeah. So that means that you guys are coming up then on four years of Blues at the Bone, which is, that's great to have something that has has some staying power. I'm, I'm sure in your experience, you've seen plenty of new things come along, but fizzle out. Um, so there's a point where it gets to where it's, it gets over that initial hump and, you know, it can kind of continue to exist um, on, on its own or, you know, with the right people who value it and, and want to make sure that it's, it keeps happening. It seems like you should feel pretty good, good about that, the longevity of it. Blues of the Bone may have been accepted by the community as part of its own thing now, mm -hmm. right? Uh, clearly, I have a connection to it. You know, it's my little musical baby. Um, Karen and I uh, definitely worked hard to put that thing together. But, uh, yeah, it seems like Albion has adopted Blues of the Bone as something of its own. And, it, you know, it's quite unusual. The format is unusual in that the band is different every month. Mm -hmm. The Blues Jam is hosted by the same band. Okay. Uh, and what Coach and Kelly and I have talked about, what's different about the show is the show is very focused on the audience. It's an audience-driven blues jam, mm. as opposed to most blues jams are musician-driven. That is, the purpose of the jam is to let musicians play. Here, the purpose of the jam is to produce good music for the audience, mm. right? So for somebody who hasn't come to Blues at the Bone yet, in hearing maybe if they've been to other blues jams where it's been real musician-driven, what should they do anything ahead of time to prepare? You know, is there anything right. as a... It, it makes it seem like the participation is different in that in that way. So should people prepare differently? Right, right. yeah. I don't think there's any... Uh preparation required for the normal audience member. So you, if you're into music and you like live music, you're going to love this. Uh, there seem to be three types of people. Some uh, people really love the whole show. They love the band that opens and typically they're playing original music uh, mixed in with some standards. And then they love the jam because it's, uh, it's a magical time where you never know quite what's going to happen next. And people seem to enjoy uh, the rough spots where, you know, you have five strangers playing together that talked about it for seven minutes. And so sometimes there's a little bit of confusion. But, and I used to get really worried about that. But multiple audience members have told me that they really enjoy watching the jams come out of that. Watch, so they'll, they'll, they'll sense that something isn't quite right. And then they'll watch the musicians through eye contact or through some other method of musical communication find their way out of it, and then when it turns beautiful, it's the contrast between those things or the process of watching that happen that they really like. Uh, I used to get really super stressed when there was any moment of non-perfection in a jam, and Coach and Kelly were always trying to explain to me that the reason it was called a jam <laughs> is because those things were going to happen, right? Uh, and so now, uh, so, so the three types of people that, that seem to enjoy Blues of the Bone are those who come just for the band, and sometimes those folks leave very quickly, pretty quickly, right after that. Some folks actually show up late and come just for the jam. Hmm. Uh, and then some folks, are, you just can't get them out. They show up early, stay late, you know, they want to soak up the whole thing, they love all parts of it. Right. Um, the other thing that's interesting about the Blues of the Bone audience is that, is that they often are applauding for solos. Uh, so my bad joke is that it's like a jazz audience, except there's people in it. Mm. Right? In other words, <laughs> the people are really in there for the music, there's no alcohol served, 
that's kid friendly, mm -hmm. uh, and you're really looking for those musical moments where a musician is expressing themselves, and the audience um, lets them know how much they appreciate, which is why the musicians love it. Yeah. So speaking of that, that level of music appreciation, is that how and why uh, Walk the Beat came around for you? Because um, that's from an outsider's perspective, that seems like such a bigger production for you to produce <laughs> um, in your role as music producer right. in Albion. Um, so how did how did Walk the Beat come around? Yeah, it's all from Blues of the Bone. So uh, this kid, Jake Kershaw from Albion Township, and uh, who's a senior now at Marshall Schools, when he was in eighth grade, uh, he just discovered electric blues guitar and was playing out at one of the churches in Marshall sometimes. There's a church there that has a blues jam. Hmm. And I think the first professional stage he was on was our stage. I have the video actually on the Blues of the Bone Facebook site. You on the, yeah. It. It's, it's nuts. People are losing their minds. Uh, and so as uh, Jake uh, formed the Jake Kershaw Band uh, and then uh, won an award at Walk the Beat Brand Haven. Oh, Okay. And just before that, uh, Jake's dad, Andy Kershaw, introduced me to Dave Palmer, who's the inventor of Walk the Beat. So basically, it was Blues of the Bone to Jake Kershaw to Dave Palmer to Walk the Beat was the connection. And uh, so I was there in Grand Haven experiencing my first Walk the Beat when Jake won uh, the best band that year, mm -hmm. which is a you know, pretty considerable thing. You get 40 hours of recording time uh, for that reward. And... Uh, I met Dave, and, and on the way home, I just had this epiphany that we, need, we had to do it in Albion. Now, that was in August 2016. Okay. So, Blues at the was a year and a half old. Uh, maybe I was overconfident, but I said, no problem. I could put on a music festival. Mm -hmm. said, hey. Now, the one in Grand Haven was 50, 60 bands all in one day at the same time. Wow. Right. That's they, really big. They raised between twenty dollars and $30,000 a year. Um, which they used for putting on open mics and concerts and, and buying uh, musical instruments for kids and lessons and stuff and mm -hmm. running whole kind of programs. They run a cool musical program at the Juvenile Hall out there. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> being me, I was impatient. I couldn't wait a full year to do this. So we put one together six weeks later in October, Karen and I did, and uh, with lots and lots of help of local people. And it was just a small one, just... Five locations right here downtown. One was in front of the Malibu. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and we had 10 bands and we raised a thousand bucks. And, and uh, Allie Garland won uh, the, the best uh, artist and won her a thousand bucks. So, uh, and then, uh, and then uh, we spent the whole next year figuring out what to do. Did it again in 2017, where we had a full scale one for the first time, raised about 16,000 bucks. and founded a, a monthly blues show yeah so so now there's the blues show every month and there's the there's the walk the beat presents show at gina's every month uh, and then we did it again in 2018 and uh raised a little bit less money because i was working a little bit more uh but still raised ten thousand bucks and uh and it's good yeah it's been cool it's been really great good so I assume it's on the docket for 2019 too. It is on the docket for 2019. It's gonna it's gonna change again in terms of its organization. I'm gonna have to pick up some more partners because because my teaching responsibilities have continued to increase. But uh, uh, that's fine. I think now people understand it. 
the vendors seem to really enjoy it, really like it. It's a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I think we all know what it is and whether we value it. And so I think I'll be able to find enough partners to make it go again. Well, that's good. So it seems like Walk the Beats in a place where it's going to hit that same stride um, that that Blues of the Bome has and will have some staying power as well. I get that sense just from experiencing it completely this last fall. Um, I, I had an experience with it just shortly the year before. Um, it seemed like this year it was definitely, even though the weather kind of <laughs> was uh, tricky for us this year, still a lot of people came out and it was a great experience overall. Is that kind of now several months out from that? Is that how you remember that? Yeah. Uh, mostly I'm just frustrated with my own time. If I had, you know, uh, full time to work on it, it, it could be a whole level up, mm. right? Uh, and so I can envision what it can be, but I don't have the time to do it by myself. So the trick for any organizer, right, is if you're limited in time, and we all have some limitation on our time, mm-hmm. then, then you've got to find a way to share your vision with other people, include their vision, and, and find a way to get the group to accomplish it. And that's the, that's the transition that we're going through now. We started that transition this year because mm-hmm. uh, I was actually able to give up some control. I might have issues. Uh, <laughs> give up some control of some parts of it and let some other people take those on. And so now, if I can continue that process, uh, we'll be in good shape. Hopefully, I'll have a couple of people organizing the bands. I'll organize the raffle. We'll have a couple of people doing the promotion, and uh, and it'll and uh, it'll go really well. I think we have I think we have a chance of doubling what we did this this year. Good, good. So for somebody like yourself doing so much community work, obviously you care deeply about the people um, of Albion as well as the community as a whole. With that love often comes excitement, but also care and concern for different things. As a parent, I'm sure you have had moments where you just worry about something. In the the changes that have been happening in Albion recently and even in the past, you've had many years of experience here in Albion. What's a topic of conversation that you feel like people in Albion should be having, but they're not having it yet, whether they they don't foresee see something on the horizon or, or they don't yet have the confidence in their ability to have a good conversation about something that's going on or something that's upcoming. What in your mind is something that you feel like people should start having conversations about? That's interesting. Uh, I mean, I'll so, so the confidence is uh, is something, right? So Albion, Albion has been through some rough times, and if you go through enough rough times, and people try enough different things in the past that that may have had some limited success, but didn't really sort of take Albion back to the Albion that people remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that Albion, right? I came here, Albion was already struggling. Mm-hmm. Things got worse after I was here as the economy uh, dragged our jobs elsewhere, but. Uh, so uh, confidence is part of it. And I hope that uh, what Blues at the Bowman and Walk the Beat, part of what they do is contribute to that, where Albion can see itself producing things that are successful, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Blues at the Bowman is the largest blues jam in all of Michigan. Um, there, isn't, there isn't another one that gets, uh, especially on a Monday night, 150 people, 200 people to come out um, and enjoy music together. And uh, Walk the Beat is only the second program of its type in the whole state. 
uh, as far as I know, that particular combination of music and prizes and raffle and uh, with a focus on providing music and uh, literacy uh, to local kids. I, I don't know anywhere else that that particular combination exists. So Albion has some successes already in these areas and it has a deep uh, background in music and the arts that some folks now that live here uh, aren't aware of. <coughs> now beyond that, I'll go with the, with the Maury Ditchler phrase that Albion has all the same advantages and all the same weaknesses as the United States, right? So we are going through a revitalization process uh, that is fun to be a part of. Um, I'm a very small part of that. I'm uh, not a business person and I'm, uh, and I'm not a, a big investor in, in anything. And so I, I owe, uh, we all owe a great deal to people who believed in this town and, and in the college and decided to, to do that. So some of the conversations that uh, we should be having, it'll be interesting to see how uh, things go over these next two or three years. There's a, a bunch of resources being poured into town. And uh, in the United States, resources tend to benefit some segments of society more than others. Uh, when things come up, some folks uh, tend to benefit from that more quickly than others. Um, you know, uh, class and race issues that are an issue for the United States are, have always been a part of Albion's story. And so I would love to see us um, meet some of these things head on, right? I would love to see us uh, find a way to look at those problems that are reflective of our whole country and see if we can find a way to address some of those right here in Albion. So uh, I don't know, uh, I don't, in some ways those conversations should always be happening, mm -hmm. right? But it seems like, uh, if we have dreams for Albion, right, uh, that are more than purely uh, financial, right, mm -hmm. which is an important aspect, right? Right. Uh, having, having people be better off in town will solve a lot of other problems. Mm -hmm. but, but finding a way to uh, make sure that mm, ideas that I believe in, like social justice and that sort of thing, are part of that conversation would be important to me, at least. Mm -hmm. So, and in my mind, I think, too, Part of Albion's future story may be some tourism, um, the ability to share some of the unique events, opportunities that are happening in Albion, to hear some of those statistics, quote unquote, about Blues at the Boom and Walk the Beat. It almost feels like because we're in it and we're living it, we don't see it as being special. But it is actually special. <laughs> uh, it's unique, yeah. and we should be maybe telling more people about it and, tr and making more efforts to, you know, continue in every conversation that we have with anybody who's outside of Albion to share those different things that are happening. I have to imagine, as your role as a professor, that you have the opportunity to travel different places, meet other professors, and some of those are professors at small liberal arts colleges like Albion College, may have similar communities that they are involved in. When you meet those professors and you have, or any of those other colleagues, when you have an opportunity to share that you're from Albion or something that you're excited about that's happening in Albion, what's usually the thing that's on the top of your list that if they don't know about, you want to make sure they know about in hopes that when they're planning their next vacation or they're driving through Michigan, that they say, you know, Cliff Harris told me about this in Albion. I want to, I want to see it. I want to experience it. What is that thing that you, you're kind of your go-to tell for somebody? 
There's no question that those conversations happen. It's interesting when you were talking about meeting other professors because most of the other professors don't aren't interested at all because they're just too busy, right? Uh, especially uh, scientists, they tend to get, rightfully so, to do to do science well. You have to be obsessed with it and spend all of your time and thought on it. And so the fact is that most of the time when I talk to other scientists about that, they just look at me and like, why would you do that? Doesn't that get in the way of your science? <laughs> uh, and yes, it does. Uh, I've decided definitely to focus on teaching and, and, and step away from the lab a little bit in order to do this. But uh, the conversations that you're talking about are happening with alumni all the time. Uh, these are the people who went into medicine or dentistry or even chemistry as a bachelor's level degree chemist, right? Mm -hmm. these, are, these are the people who have a love for Albion uh, and who are, are um, interested in its revitalization and interested in the progress and they've heard something about it, right? So yeah, for, to those folks, I'm talking about Blues of the Bum, talking about Walk the Beat. Um, and in fact, they've all heard from me because I'm actively trying to get a hold of them all the time <laughs> through, uh, through social media because the Albion is a strange town and the way I like to explain it to people is that there are way more people who care about Albion living outside of Albion than there are people living in Albion. That's a strange thing. That is. Right? To have a town where more people care about it than are actually living in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and, and because of that, uh, Walk the Beat has been able to do some interesting fundraising where we approach folks from all over the place and say, you've heard about the revitalization of Albion. You can be part of it even in just a small way. And we hope that that, uh, buying a $10 raffle ticket or buying 10 $10 raffle tickets, um, because they want to contribute to the revitalization. We hope that that uh, brings them in closer connection with the town and gets them thinking about more ways they can interact with Albion. I mean, uh, there's one alum who shall remain nameless, though, that uh, is, is, was an alum of, of Karen's, actually, who will be building a manufacturing facility here in the next two or three years, and that I've been talking about, and Karen has been talking about uh, building that here. Wow. So that's the kind of thing that um, that is possible, and again, it has to do with the confidence, mm -hmm. has to do with the support. <clears throat> can you can you bring employees to a small town where they're going to have mostly a, a rural uh, experience? Well, what if there's a cool hotel and a brewery and some live music going on? Right. Suddenly, that the lifestyle has the best of both worlds. Right. Yeah, it changes the equation just a little bit. Right to say there's enough for me to sell my employees a little bit on that you want to take a chance on joining this company or staying with this company uh, because there is potential uh, for a certain type of lifestyle in, in this new place that we're going. Exactly. You won't have to give up everything that you give up in, uh, by moving from a dense metropolitan area. Uh, you'll still have some culture, and in fact, maybe you can participate in that culture. Right? Maybe you can go down to Dickerson Music on the Saturday before Blues at the Bone and be involved with their blues training. They literally teach you how to jam the blues for free. This is Coach and Kelly Kidder again, um, every Saturday before Blues at the Bone. Uh, and so you can have a way of building these deep connections to your community in a way uh, that enriches your life, enriches the life of your family, and that those kind of things are sometimes more difficult to do. Right, it's a lower barrier to entry in a, sure. in, a, in, a, in a big way. Sure, and the, and the full knowledge that if you have your own creative idea and are willing to put some work into it, you can have an immediate impact on your community, right? Come on, if Cliff Harris, if an organic chemistry professor <laughs> can start a blue show, 
Come on. That's right. Anybody <laughs> Any, come in and do almost anything. The bar must be pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my kind of wrap-up question that I've been asking most people that we've had conversations with. So if people see you outside of your lab or off of campus and in and around town, what are they likely to see you doing? That's a good question. I'm talking to people all the time, right? Uh, so the, uh, Karen, Karen calls it doing deals. Oh, look, Cliff's doing deals again. Uh, <laughs> because I'm either lining up a band for one of the different shows, I'm talking to musicians to try to get them to think about coming to perform at the next Walk the Beat. I'm talking to musicians uh, because they're asking me to put them in contact with other musicians. Turns out I know a lot of musicians now. Uh, uh, or I'm talking to uh, vendors and, and other business people about participating in the event or contributing to the event. And, and there I'm always trying to find ways that they can directly benefit. I don't, I would prefer, I will take charity, but I would prefer that we're doing a deal uh, where uh, the vendor or the company is getting some advertising or some other benefit from association with it, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so uh, I'm always hustling. I'm selling tickets or I'm, or I'm, I'm uh, trying to talk to you about Walk the Beat or Blues at the Bum uh, and get you involved in some way. And, you know, that I have my own selfish reasons for that, but everybody who's become involved with Walk the Beat loves it. They feel so great mm -hmm. about doing it, right? And Dave Palmer will tell you that the purpose for Walk the Beat is to provide an organization so that anybody who wants to can become involved with music. It doesn't matter if you have no musical talent yourself whatsoever. You just love music, uh, but you can't sing a note and you can't play a note and you've tried and it's not your talent, right? Uh, we can still find a way for you to be a part of it, right? Uh, we will find a way for you to help us organize it, to help us run it, to help us uh, promote it in some way, and then you'll get to feel a part of the magic that is, that is music and especially um, live music. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for coming in and, and taking some time out of your busy day to chat with us. I appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your, it's now going to be 2019. <laughs> 20, 2019 is coming. Right I around know around it's yeah. right around the bend. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Brick by Brick. And a big thank you to Dr. Cliff Harris for joining us for a conversation today and sharing everything he's been working on. You can subscribe to Brick by Brick through iTunes, or you can listen to episodes online at soundcloud.com or directly from our website, downtownalbion.com forward slash brick by brick. We welcome your feedback about any of our episodes so far. And if you or someone you know would like to be on an episode, share their information with us and we'll get in contact with them. Until next time, we'll see you around town.